0: Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. So um, the last time I was here was five years ago. And I remember this because um, I had gone to Winter Jam the day before. And so we got home at 2 a.m. And I was extremely tired, and I was pregnant. And so uh, my little guy who just left, Grant, is here, and my husband's here, Drew, Um, and they weren't with me. Well, Grant was with me, because he was inside. But um, (laughs) I was very tired, and I have no idea what I said to you all (laughs) last time. So hopefully this goes a little better, and I'm more awake and remember things. But who knows, we'll see. Um, So I've been there for eight years. Um, Laura was the one that hired me on when she was there. Um, And we're very thankful for your church and thankful for Laura and all that she did um, at the beginning days of the ministry um, and where we're going. So a lot has changed in those five years. So everybody shares the verses, the pro-life verses, you know, you formed me in your womb, I knew you from the beginning, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, those kinds of things. Um, And I always share that we are special because God created us with his own hands. We're the only creation that he actually formed with his own hands. He took those times, and we're the only creation he formed in his own image. And so we're very special to him. Um, Everything else he spoke into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. But he took the time to actually form us with his own hands. So that makes us extra special, along with being born in his own image. But it goes beyond the baby. Uh, We have to care for our moms as well. So Matthew 25, 35 through 40, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this because it gets repetitive. It says, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you in all these situations? That's where I'm going to paraphrase Um, And the king will reply, truly I said to you, whenever you did one of these things to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. And then the verses continue, and it says he turned to the other people, because he had separated what he called the goats and the sheep, so the Christians and the non-Christians. And he looked at the other people, and he said, I was hungry, and you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. And it goes through all the same things. And then they say, when didn't we give you these things? And he said, if you didn't give it to my brothers and sisters, you didn't do it for me. And so which are the least of these is unborn child. They have, they have no one to protect them but the mother. So we have to go and we have to provide all these things for our moms so that they have the option of giving life to their child. If they have the option, they will not choose abortion. If they feel like they are cared for, they will not choose that path. So it's very important. So at Faith Maternity, we are giving them that option. Our mission is to disciple and provide assistance according to God's word. That's the important part. Uh, To mothers who choose life for their baby. We are not just another social outreach program. Um, I heard a statistic one time that women that are in prison who go through a program um, afterwards that is biblical-based are 70% likely to stay out of prison later on. Crazy. And so we can do that, too, for them. We can introduce them to a relationship with Christ. We have the tools, and we can share that. So that's what we want to do. Uh, Our residential program, it's our most known program, although... I talked to somebody that had been supporting our church, our ministry for years at their church, and they said, I didn't know you had a house. Yeah, we have a house. Um, So we have a residential program, in case you didn't know. Uh, It offers free housing until the baby's first birthday. So we're not just have your baby and leave. We want to help you through that first year. That first year is hard. Uh, We do parenting and prenatal classes. So they're not just sitting around. We want to educate them. Uh, We help them with their GED or secondary education. We've had women that have gone to nursing school and we were able to help with books. We've been able to pay for GEDs. We've been able to pay for online training programs so that they can get not only a job, but a career. So when they leave, they're completely self-sufficient and they can care for their own child. Um, That is our goal. We do life skills training. Y'all, we see some crazy stuff. We had a girl that had no idea how to boil water for spaghetti. And so it's like, okay, let's start at the beginning. This is the pot you need. This is how much water you need. And you probably need a box and a half of spaghetti noodles to feed the crowd. Let's start there. Here's your jar of sauce (laughs) and cook your meat. Make sure you drain the oil off your, the grease off your meat. You don't want that in there. But they don't know. No one's taking the time to teach them. Um, Another thing is people were, um, they were getting their bills and their medical bills and they weren't paid for by their insurance because it was like their first thing and they didn't realize that Medicaid would go back and backdate, and so they were just throwing them away because they were like, I can't afford that. And so we sat there and taught them how to fill out the back, send it in, and their bill is taken care of because their insurance paid for it. It seems really simple to us, but you had somebody teach you that. Whether you realize it or not, you saw your parents do that. A lot of them didn't have a relationship with their parents. They don't know how to do those things. And so that's where we come in and say, "Okay, let's help you go into life and know how to do these things so that your child knows how to do these things and that you can be the best mom you need. We take care of material needs for mom and baby. Um, This may be clothing. This may be shampoo and conditioner and hygiene products. It can be a lot of things. For baby, a lot of times they come to us, they they don't have anything for their baby yet. So with their parenting classes, they earn baby bucks, and they get five baby bucks a class. And so that doesn't seem like much, like $5, whatever. Well, we sell our diapers for a dollar a dozen. So by taking one class, they could have five dozen diapers. Completely enough to completely diaper their child until they're out of diapers, if that's what they want to spend their baby bucks on. Um, We also have clothing, cribs, blankets, anything and everything that you would possibly need for a baby. We will get them those things. Um, We do case management, so a lot of times this is help surrounding them with resources. Uh, Maybe it's job training. Maybe it's um, finding the proper medical care that they need or setting up therapies, things like that. It can be anything and everything, um, goal setting to help them reach their goals. And then we help them access proper medical care. So sometimes when they come to us, they haven't seen a doctor yet. Um, so we get those things set up. We can have mental health screenings set up, um, drug counseling set up, anything that they need to care for themselves. We even have a chiropractor that will do free chiropractic for them. What? Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me afterwards. Uh, we have a couple ladies up here that are from our, our residents right now. Uh, so anything and everything, we want them to get, because sometimes they don't realize what Medicaid will cover. And so we want them to help while they have that Medicaid to get their eyes checked, their teeth checked, all these things done for them while they're in our care because they don't know how. And then also we can help them get to those appointments, whether it's setting up pre- uh, public transportation for those things or taking them ourselves, we want to get them there. Transportation is a huge issue for us. Who we take? Um, they have to be pregnant when they come to us. It doesn't matter at what point in their pregnancy. We have literally said, cross your legs, get in here, let us get you intake, then we'll take you to the hospital. But we have to get you in before you have the baby, and that's because we run off of an alternatives to abortion grant from the state. So the stat- state says they have to be pregnant at the time they come into your program. It doesn't matter when, but they still have to be pregnant. So if people call us after the baby's born, we can't do anything. So, it's really important that they contact us while the baby's still on the inside so we can get them set up. They have to be 18 years old. Now, there are homes in the state that take 11 to 17-year-olds, crazy young. Uh, But there's different licensing because you're dealing with minors, that's why. And if we had somebody call us, we're not going to just say, no, go away. We're going to say, here are the other places you can go. Let us help you get in contact with those places. Um, Homeless or at risk of homelessness, that can mean just about anything, Um, no violent history, that's just for the protection of our other ladies. Um, However, we've had people that have come in that had a history, but it's been so long ago we can work with them with that and figure out, are you a threat? If you're not, we're going to take you anyway. Um, And then they have to be willing to comply with the program rules and they have to show personal growth. I like to say we are not a flop house. If you're going to stop and stall out on the program, you need to find some place else to go because we want you to better yourself, not just sit around and watch TV all the time. And so if they're not willing to do their classes, they aren't showing any growth whatsoever. We're saying go apply for jobs. This is the next step in your program and they're just not doing it. We start talking to them about what else, what other options do you have and let's find something that will work because this isn't working for you. So everything we do is for self-sufficiency. If they're not becoming self-sufficient, we're not helping them do it the way they're supposed to be doing it. Um, We can take five ladies at a time. Currently, we have four. Uh, We have baby, we have a five-ish month old, four or five months, somewhere in there. Uh, We have one due on the 30th, one due the first week or so in June, and then one due in November. So it's getting to be going to be fun with all the babies around. Um, One of our residents can already have kids. We have a room set aside for that. We also use that room for people that are seeking reunification with children if they have an open DFS case. Um, Children's Division will recognize us as a stable living environment. So if they're at the point where they can get overnight visits and that's the last step to be reunified, then we can start doing those. We can um, observe those. If we have a mom that has an open case and so they're leery about sending the baby home with mom, um, they recognize that we have staffing all the time and so that we are watching out for them. And so they're more likely to let the mom take the baby home because they know they have the support and the education they're needing from the home. Um, Each resident has expectations. They have chores that they are required to complete. They take time, uh, turns doing dinner, and that's just not dinner for themselves, that's dinner for every single resident, any children that are staying there, and staff, and if staff happen to have kids. So it can be a lot, especially for somebody that doesn't know how to boil water, (laughs) and so we, We'll, we'll pair them up sometimes with a the staff. They can say, well, this person makes really good meatloaf, and I want to learn how to make meatloaf. It's like, okay, let's put you on a night to cook that that person's going to be there. Or let's teach you how to do it during the day or teach you how to put things in the crock pot. Um, so that's another life skills thing. Um, and then everything, again, self-sufficiency. If we're not doing self-sufficiency when they leave us, they are not going to be in any better shape our goal is for them to be better shape when they leave. We have a non-resident program as well, and this has really taken off. Um, our non-resident caseworker. she works from home in Colombia, um, And then when people they earn their baby bucks and things like that for taking classes as well, and then she just ships them something from Amazon because Amazon will have it there in two days, maybe three. And so, we can do emergency diapers and wipes for those. Um, They don't have to be residents for that. We can do rent and utility assistance because they're not living with us, so we can subsidize with that. Um, They do their parenting and prenatal classes. They have their case management, and then we can do self-administered pregnancy tests. If we have somebody that is pregnant and they don't want to do the test alone or something, they can come to us and we'll help them with that. Once our residents, like most of the time they don't stay until the baby's birthday, so when they leave, we'll transition them over to our non-resident program. So still for that full year, we have access to them. We're still being able to help them. If they move into a place and everything's going great and then something happens where all of a sudden they can't pay their rent one month, a lot of times we can step in and help or help with deposits and things like that if we move them into our non-resident. So we track them for that full year um, and beyond a lot of times. Um, Here's where I make Laura jealous because we've had a lot of stuff happen, a lot of good stuff um, that we didn't have when she was there. So uh, a month ago we hired a new executive director. She's going to focus on corporate fundraising, um, overseeing everybody, and um, marketing. She is, her background is in marketing. She is a marketing guru. Um, Just this last week we've hired a new program director that will be doing the case management and overseeing the classes and kind of the day-to-day of the house. I can't tell you her name yet because she hasn't put in her notice at her other job yet. Um, (laughs) It's very new. I just found out about it yesterday. Uh, We were doing a campaign to get new windows in our house because when you stand there, you can see the curtains blowing when it's really windy. It's bad. And so we, in November and December, we were able to raise enough money to buy new windows for the entire house. And so they are going to be installed, I believe, this next week. Um, So I didn't think we could do it and we almost had it done by the end of November. And so it was amazing. Uh, don't put God in a box, he will blow out of it, or maybe you should because he'll blow out of it. Uh, we we added security for our residents, we added like a key fob system so we can just like scan ourselves in, and then it also tracks the comings and goings of people so we know, um, well this staff member stopped by or this resident came back at this time or whatever. Um, So it's just a little bit of security because sometimes our staff would step out to go run an errand and a resident would be out and they would come back in and they couldn't get in because the doors were locked. Or we would have to leave a door unlocked. And then you have a resident leave, they know that door is unlocked all the time. They could come back in or tell somebody and they could come in so it really wasn't safe. So now everybody has their little key fob, scans it in, super nice. Um, My son can let me unlock the door for me when my hands are full, it's great. Um, We've also added Bright Course, and that's the online curriculum. So Sierra uses this especially. She can text out a video to our non-residents. They watch the parenting class video. And then when she has our case management time with them later in the week, they can discuss the video and talk about it and go over it, see if they have questions and that kind of thing. Um, So that's been really helpful in our digital world. That started around COVID time as all things did. Um, And then we were fundraising for a van for a long time, a new van. And uh, we started searching around the time that there were none uh, being made. So nobody was letting go of their old ones. Um, But we were contacted by a church that um, was looking to sell their van. And they ended up giving us their van. And so the van we have right now was a gift to us. And so because we had saved up this money for a van and we were pretty much there being able to buy one, we were able to purchase a car. And so you're like, well, why do you need two vehicles? Well, do you know how much gas a van uses? (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) And so we were able to get a car. So if we have to run to Columbia, just like one or two residents, we can run to Columbia without having to get the giant van out. But we still have the van available if we have five residents, five babies. We can load them all up there and still have... um, the ability to take all of them at one time together um, right now we have a resident that has transportation so that helps us out but that's not always the case usually they don't have transportation so um, that was a huge blessing to us um, going forward then um, are, are we but always there's always more there's always more. we have problems with our sewer so we're getting ready to have to replace some sewer line. And if you know anything about it, it's not cheap. Um, It keeps backing up into the basement, which brings us to our baby boutique, um, which is in our basement. And so it kind of looks like we shop at a garage sale all the time, which we kind of, I mean, it's all donation stuff. So we really want to get the baby boutique looking nicer, make it look like a store so that when our residents work hard to earn those baby bucks, they actually feel like they're getting something out of it. Um, and so that's like continuing. We want to get shelving and things that all match so it looks like a boutique. And then our big goal and part of the reason we hired Shelley, our executive director, is we want to get off grant funding. Um, it's great getting that money. But we're never guaranteed that money. Um, we're getting ready to go through the, we're going through the rebid cycle and so they might withhold money for a while. Um, they tie our hands on what we can and cannot do. If we were off grant funding, if we got a call from the hospital saying we have a mom that just had a baby, the baby's two days old and they need a place to go, if we're not tied with grant funding, we could say yes to her. Um, and So the great, it just ties us up. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of stuff to do. So if we can get the funding from private donations and fundraisers, then we won't have to rely on the government to give us what we need to run. But it's a big task and we're gonna uh, have to increase our, our income a lot to do that. Um, ways to help, pray, stop. That's all you really, I mean, it's not all you really need to do. But pray, 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 pray. We're in a spiritual battle every day. Uh, As staff, we never know what we're going to walk into. Our residents have had a lot of trauma, a lot of past stuff um, that they're dealing with, so pray for our residents, pray for our staff that they have the right words to comfort them and give them direction, Um, pray for funding, pray for every aspect. Um, And I heard a quote, I was at the March for Life a couple weeks ago, I think it was Abby Johnson said, if you're praying and it doesn't lead you to action, you're doing something wrong. So, marinate on that, and I'm sorry if I stepped on your toes. Actually, I'm not sorry. Um, (laughs) Volunteer. Right now, we're looking uh, for some people, possibly teens or college kids, that want some volunteer hours in, that know how to work social media. Uh, We're trying to revamp our social media. I see some people looking at each other over here. Um, We want to revamp it and post more, and so we would love for some people to just develop content for us. So it may be like a pretty picture with an inspiring quote. Um, Things that we can auto-post every week and intermix with the things that, like, we need and things like that. So we're not just posting when we need things. Um, It goes into the corporate fundraising too because if they're getting ready to hand out a bunch of money, you better believe they're going to check out your social media. They're going to say, oh, well, they have a thousand people that when they thank me for this, a thousand people, that are going to see that I donated furniture or I donated a vehicle or whatever. Um, So it's really important for that social media to come up. It's also important for that social media to come up because that's where people are going to find us that need help. and so we're really looking for that. We would also like somebody that knows how to work Excel, like easy Excel, like just data entry. Um, because we collect Mosher's receipts, and I'm way behind. They, they give us a percentage, and it's literally just adding it up, so somebody, you know, maybe uh, you want a little bit of a summer internship that doesn't pay. And that would be great. We can sign up for hours or whatever. Um, so we collect Mosher's receipts. We collect best choice labels. Both of them give us a percentage back and we have Amazon Smile, we have Good Shop. Most people don't know about Good Shop. It has coupon codes if you like to online shop. But it also, some of them, when you go to Good Shop, you find uh, your coupon codes. So like if you're ordering from Vistaprint, you want business cards, um, you go to Vistaprint through Good Shop, and then Good Shop will donate 4% of whatever you bought. Now, some of them are 1%, some are half a percent. It's all different. Um, But if nothing else, you're finding coupon codes while you go. Um, And then supplies. If you use it in your house, we'll use it in ours. Cleaning supplies are always needed. Um, Clorox wipes. um, Toilet paper and paper towels are always needed. Those kinds of things um, along with baby supplies. And then monetary gifts. So we can't just run off of donations we have to do you know silly things like pay a mortgage and you know pay electricity bills and things like that and so we need money. Um, we have always had a 50 percent Missouri tax credit so that means if you give $100 you get $50 back on your Missouri taxes and you don't have to itemize. Sounds great right? Starting July 1st it goes up to 70 percent. So. It could pretty much pay for itself depending on where you are in tax brackets and things like that. I don't know that much about it. You can talk to your accountant and they would tell you how it would work. But that's July 1st is when that starts. Which brings me to Baby Bottle Drive. You all have participated in Baby Bottle Drive for years. If you want that tax credit, please post date your check to July 1st so that I can get you that 70%. There's a good chance I'm probably not going to get it deposited much before that anyway, but we want you to be able to get that 70%. So post date your checks to July 1st. Um, Baby bottle drive is huge for us. Um, When I took over doing baby bottle drive, we were making around $8,000 a year. Sounds good. Uh, Every year we have increased, except for COVID year. COVID year we went from 2019, we made 16,000. We went down to 12,000 in 2020. So last year I thought, if we can get up to like 16,000, 18,000, I'll be really happy, right? We hit 25,000. So, this year, our goal is $30,000. Go big, go home, whatever. We're, we're gonna do it. Uh, but it's, it's more than just the money. Um, it's the only fundraiser we're currently doing that's a strict, like, this is the event. Um, we're looking to add more, but right now, this is it. Um, It's not just about the money. Your kids are watching. Your kids see where you put your money. Are you buying a bunch of junk, or are you giving to something that will further the kingdom of God? Are you um, taking your change, and when you pick it up, see change on the ground, do you pick it up and put it in a baby bottle, or do you just throw it in your car console? Like, they're watching. They're going to know what's important to you based on what you spend your money on. So um, it's kind of a legacy for you. Um, teach them the importance of giving. And then also, the residents watch me bring these baby bottles in at the end. You can't hide it, it's a lot. And so, and they hear me shaking out these bottles. It's noisy. Um, And they will get residents, they know what's going on, but we'll get residents that'll move in between the time I handed out the bottles and the time that they, getting them back. And they're like, what is this all about? And I'll be like, every bottle here represents a household that supports you as a mother. It's huge. They know that the, there's people out there loving on them, even if they haven't met them personally. And so it's not just about how much money you give. So some people are like, I'm sorry, I can only fill it with pennies. I don't care. You filled it. You did something. Um, equal, giving does not, or equals, equal giving does not mean equal sacrifice. So, um, whatever whatever you can give maybe you can afford five dollars maybe you can afford five thousand dollars um as long as that is what god put on your heart that's what i ask you to give for that
1: um this is a can video that we
0: could change lives
1: every had done for baby love trips
0: by filling your bottle with loose change and dollar bills you can impact the lives of those in our community who are facing the challenges of unexpected a safe place to live. Invite your family, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to help us as we serve moms and their babies. At Faith Maternity Care, we are helping young women in crisis as they come in to learn how to take care of themselves and their unborn baby and a lifestyle of faith. Your change will help us to provide a safe place to live, education, and practical life skills to promote independent living, and so much more. Take your bottle home and fill it to the top. When you return your bottle, you are giving the gift of hope. Thank you for making a difference in our community for while. So that video is posted on our Facebook. So I'm going to ask you, um, if you're on Facebook, to share that. Um, going forth, because you never know when people are going to see that it might help somebody find us that needs us, it may help somebody decide to give that's never given before. Uh, Whenever I come, I always share Sarah's story, and I will say I have Sarah's permission, I always let her know when I'm sharing her story, Um, and I may have shared some of this with you the last time I was here, like, I I don't remember, but um, she, uh, Sarah came to us a meth user, and she was intravenous, so she um, shot herself up. And uh, when she came to us, she was pretty early in her pregnancy. She had been beat up by her mom. She had a black eye. Um, she woke up and her mom's roommate had been standing over her with a needle to inject her after she had been to rehab. Um, so she came to us pretty broken and scared. Her boyfriend was in prison and she had no one to turn to. And so uh, around after she'd been there a week, she kept getting these really weird skin infections. And they would put her antibiotics, they would go away, and then they would come right back. And so she saw a nurse practitioner different than what she had ever saw, but this nurse practitioner had a background in helping women that had drug issues. And she said, I think we need to do an echocardiogram. And they did, and they found a bacterial growth like this big on her heart valve, just flapping around in there. And little pieces were breaking off, and wherever they landed, that's where she was getting an infection. Luckily, it never went to her brain because she would immediately stroked out and died. So at 17 weeks pregnant, Sarah had to go for open heart surgery to replace her heart valve. Um, she, they told her the baby most likely would not survive. Um, they hadn't really had a baby survive um, from, from the surgery. So again, she had very little support. She did have some family come in, but her boyfriend was in prison. He couldn't come see her. He couldn't be there, and she's faced with losing her baby. Uh, Little Thad was born, just past his due date, over nine pounds. It's huge. Um, We're like, you didn't give birth to a baby. You gave birth to a toddler. (laughs) He was big. Um, But her story didn't end there. Uh, She... She did great. They didn't even want to teach her to use IV medicine because they were worried she would start using drugs again because she had a PICC line. Um, She did great. She got off her pain medicine really well, um, had a healthy baby boy. And when Thad was nine months old, she, her boyfriend was released from prison and she got pregnant again. And she was like, what am I going (laughs) to do? But she stayed clean. Her boyfriend got clean her mom got clean. Everybody in the family is clean because she decided to make a choice. They are now married. Um, Dylan, her husband, was going to school to be a pastor. He owns his own flooring business in Columbia. This picture was actually from a couple years ago. I couldn't find a recent one on Facebook when I was Facebook stalking her. Um, But she is doing so good. Uh, She works full-time. He works full-time. The boys are great. Um, So that's Sad and Riker are the boys, um, and so she is doing so amazing just because she took the help that was offered to her. Um, that, that's all that it made, the difference that it made was to show her there was a different way, and she was sharing with me about a year ago um, that all the stuff in her family was going on, all this crazy stuff, and she goes, you know, when I was, was, when I was active in my addiction, this all seemed like it was a huge deal, and the world was going to end, and all this stuff, and she's like, now it's like, eh. It'll be okay and she goes the, the difference in your mindset is completely different once you get away from an active addiction she's like I will always be an addict but I'm away from the active addiction and God has changed my life um, so helping be on FMC uh, I'm sure many of you have heard the leak from the Supreme Court um, Roe versus Wade um, if you're on Facebook there's a lot of angry people a lot of angry people um, but I want to say keep praying for this because it's not set in stone this was a draft it wasn't a full decision Um, so keep praying for the justices that they don't change their mind if this is in fact true Um, and if it is overturned our work is not done we're going to have even more women scared that need help we're going to have even more women coming to us so our work on this is not done um, even if the law says it is um, so, in your church, you can do things to promote life. Um, the first one is make single moms feel welcome in your church. Seems simple, right? You see a single mom walk in with kids, you help her. You show her where to go. You show her where the bathroom is, where a changing table is. All those things um, t- makes her feel loved and welcomed. Throw a baby shower for every expected mom that walks through your door if she's coming say we want to help you we want to love on you we want to do whatever you need um, to carry your healthy baby Um, do not speak poorly of those single moms they may have made a bad choice but they're making a good choice in carrying their their baby so do not speak poorly and i feel like that's really like duh but I've also heard stories of women in church that have overheard somebody talking poorly about them, and they're devastated. Uh, Offer child care, but it's not enough to just offer child care, because you have to realize that sometimes these moms have been through abuse, and they're not going to trust you with their child if they don't know you. So invite them over to your home and say, so they see what your home is like. They see you interacting with their kids when you're right there so they can build a trust. So then you can say, I'd be willing to watch your children while you go to a doctor's appointment. Moms don't leave their babies with just anybody. They have to trust you and know you to do that. Um, Take a new mom a meal. Let me tell you, it's hard. Even if you only have one, it's hard. take her a meal. Maybe that meal can be thrown in the freezer for when she's having a bad day. She can just get it out and pop it in the oven. Um, But a meal can go a long ways. And then talk about life in your church, in your everyday life. People are listening. And we have the tools that we need. They don't have those. Um, One in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime. I was... Counting up women earlier, and if I count it correctly, seven to eight people in this room have had an abortion or will have an abortion at some point, because I counted the littles, girls. Um, That's high, and there's not a difference in percentage for those who are churched or unchurched. We have to talk about it in our churches. We have to let them know that even if they make a mistake, we will love them anyway, and that they can come to us and talk to us. Um, There's a study, and I wish I had this statistic. Um, I looked for it. couldn't find it. But um, there's a high number of women in our churches today who have had an abortion and think that the forgiveness is not for them. That's sad. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you have had an abortion in this room, forgiveness is for you. Jesus covered that sin when he died as well, and there is healing for you, and there is hope for you. Um, If you need a resource, there's a group called If Not by Grace. There's also a website called helpafterabortion.org that you can go to, and they will get you set up on a path of healing um, from that. So that's as important as anything else um, because we have to let these young ladies know that they can come to us about this. Um, There's also percentages saying that, They didn't feel like they could approach their youth pastor or their pastor about the decision. They never talked to anybody. They were in church the Sunday before and the Sunday after, and they never told anybody. And now they're healing and struggling on their own. So we have to come beside those women as well. Um, I want to thank you for having me. Uh, I also want to thank you. One of our former residents I follow, and I know there's several people from your church that comment and cheer her on. Um, And so I want to thank you for that um, as she's going through drug rehab and things like that. Um, I know that means a lot to her. um, And I know that your church has done a lot for us and our residents as well. So I want to thank you for that as well. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit TakeItToTheHeart.com.